0: I'm Mike Olson, and you're listening to Morris's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk, the podcast.
1: This podcast is sponsored by the Garbin Street Iguana Clinic. With world-class veterinary consultants, Garbin Street Iguana Clinic is by far the best and most well-known iguana clinic in the 16 duchies. In a recent survey, one out of one respondents were unable to recommend another iguana clinic. The Garbin Street Iguana Clinic... For all your iguana medical needs. Iguanas only, other reptiles need not apply. All oh, the top around playing loose. We aim to
2: amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is an official tabletop RPG.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris' unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week is...
0: Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Royal Players. Russ, ever is a complete and utter delight to be here. Hey, we have a first this week. A first? A first? Really? That's better than I did in my degree. Uh, who is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, guest, our guest this week is
1: all the way from... Australia. Australia. Oh,
2: yeah. Please, the right way How are hey, you? This is this our first
1: Australian on the show. I <laughs> am you. I
2: really? Oh, I am so honoured. Yes.
1: Well, I'm not. And now someone's going to write in and tell me that I've totally forgotten somebody. But I'm <laughs> pretty, pretty cool, sure
0: you are. from Australia. Well, we don't really make ourselves <laughs> known. That's that. Yes, yes. That's something I associate Australia. with Australia. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Austria's look like a lot like Australia, but with fewer kangaroos. I think uh... it's it's a pleasure to be on here with you guys. It's a pleasure to have you. And you're uh, you want to talk about your Kickstarter for Incredi Zoology, which is a tabletop RPG, which is about hunting fantastic beasts.
2: Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. I am. Um, very much looking forward to talking about that. I'm looking forward to talking about it too. Like it's yeah, it's. it's... <laughs> It's doing really well, and I know I sound it's surprised. It's doing
1: well. But... It's doing well. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Talking, yeah!
1: I love your uh, Kickstarter video on that, we'll talk about it a bit later. But uh, the, yeah, the video yeah. is great. Anyway, yeah. anyway, let's do some. Let's do some news because we have some. We have some oh, news. Yeah. So the uh, first bit of news. We have news. We, this yeah. is
0: very exciting have, for a
1: news podcast. We, we yes. have we have multiple news. We have more than one news. <laughs>
0: Oh, New Eye, Perhaps no. <laughs> New <I>, Yes. New Zealand. <laughs> that's
1: news sorry, is. News that's totally <laughs> cool, uh, I'm Sorry. <laughs> so uh, this this year, apparently, I found out, marks the year where Wizards of the Coast has owned D and D for longer than TSR ever did.
0: Oh, how about
1: it? Good. So Wizards has now owned it for twenty four years. Purchased TSR in 1997 right. and uh, owned D&D from then. Yep. So, TSR created D&D in 1974. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, 24 years over the 23 years that TSR had it.
0: Right. Wow. Which
1: is really weird and makes me feel incredibly old.
0: Yeah. Who asks your No. Yeah, no. <laughs>
1: I, didn't, I didn't actually realize that at all. But I, uh, <laughs> on, on Twitter, Matt Forbeck Ooh. mentioned it. just pointed it out that as of this year Wizards has owned D&D longer than TSR did
0: Mm.
1: yeah because you kind of think of those first well 23 years it's kind of like monolithic period that went on for ages because they were before you know D&D was launched before I was born obviously so anything that happened before I was born Mm. obviously went on forever that's just how time Mm. works Mm, it's just
2: basic mm-hmm. logic and physics, yeah. isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: that's exactly Absolutely. how time
2: works. Yeah. That is exactly how time yeah. works, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just a weird little
2: perspective kind of thing that, I think. Yes. I wonder if they'll do like uh like it's a weird anniversary to celebrate, hey. So like I wonder if it's gonna end be <laughs> like alternate cover art because we've owned it longer than the previous guys. No. You'd think maybe. They haven't mentioned it at all. <laughs> I don't, no, yeah. Yeah. It'd be a weird one. So does that mean they're coming up to what twenty five years n- next year? So, that- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that will be yeah, it'll be Wizards twenty five year anniversary, and then coming up soon. Then will be the fiftieth okay. anniversary, just in I don't know, twenty twenty four. Yeah, twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah. For D and D. Yeah, sixth edition.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I called it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I am definitely the first person ever to say that or think that.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. There no is.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you heard it here first. <laughs> right. Uh so uh you know World of Warcraft of course you know World of Warcraft, everyone knows World of Warcraft. What mm, of it? I've never actually played World of Warcraft, but I know of oh. World of Warcraft. I know it exists, mm, I know yes. it's a thing yeah. that exists in the world and it is a video game, it and it was really super, super popular, and it's still quite popular, but not as popular as it was, as I understand. That's yes. okay. so adequate summary of World of Warcraft. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, th- 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 thank you for that well-hedged statement, Russ. We have that World of Warcraft is indeed a video game, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I'm sure they're going to be matching me to their oh, marketing team. Need to
0: now. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised your phone's not buzzing off the hook Oh, because no one's heard it yet. But yeah, as soon as they hear it, <laughs> your phone will be just going nuts, man, blown out. So, <laughs> well, so
1: one of the devs yes. of uh, World of Warcraft and the ex-president of uh, Blizzard, uh, yes, um, right. had a D and D game back in the 80s and 90s, so like a, a regular D and D game. Is this and news? Based, uh, well, that be, well that be, might be news, but this is there, there oh. is more. There is more current news if you if
0: you let me get to it. Oh, I'm okay, going to go through it right, year yeah.
1: by year from 1980 right. uh, in real time, so it
0: might take a while. So strap yourself. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I need a plot summary to follow the story, but please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm setting the scene. Oh, you're giving us context. Creating the uh, appropriate ambiance. That, 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 that's very 22 of you, Russ. We don't prove we don't contracts yeah. nowadays. You know this. Anyway,
1: anyway yeah. this uh, d d game, back yeah. in the 1980s and 1990s, yes. um, forms a core of a role-playing game setting being released by a bunch of devs of uh, World of Warcraft oh. and other big, big video games okay. under the auspices of a new tabletop game studio called War Chief Ooh. and this video game, it looks like it's kind of like, you could do things like smite mountains and stuff in it, apparently
2: it's, it's, It looks mountain. really
1: hype out Yeah, yeah
0: Well presumably smite mountains and have the mountain notice is the tricky part. <laughs>
1: well yes, yeah, so I can smite a mountain, to be <laughs> fair <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Usually, it uh, just uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, Good work.
2: Yeah.
0: has you? It's like, the mouse like, yeah, what <laughs> <laughs> Was there Oh, yeah. Hey.
1: Yeah. So, yes, more specifically, you can smite a mountain, and the mountain would, in fact, uh, would in fact notice your smitage.
0: I see. Right. Okay.
1: So, it's a really, really high power, uh-huh. kind of. They call it kind of like a rock and roll, sort of, high power kind of d d setting, which is okay. coming to Kickstarter next month. And it already has something like five thousand people waiting for it to launch on the uh, coming soon page on Kickstarter. So this exciting is going to be one of those really, really, really big ones. I think. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's going to be a yes. half million plus, maybe a million. I don't know.
0: So, so I- with
1: a pedigree like
0: fascinating, yes. fascinating
2: concept. Yeah. Um, hmm. Let me
0: just call it up because um- so D and D, where you start off being able to smite mountains. Mm. Interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, so these, these are the devs from Overwatch, Warcraft, and Diablo. Mm-hmm. The uh, setting is called Ouroboros, Coils of
0: the Serpent. Uh, not Ouroboros, but Ouroboros. No, it's
1: A-U. Okay. Ouroboros. So that, so that they could trademark yeah. it, I presume, <laughs> by changing in mm-hmm. one letter. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, um, or maybe it was just like, well, we could call it this, Ross, Ourob, and they decided, actually, Ouroboros, brilliant. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, Chris Metzen is the is the person who ran the D and D campaign, whose D and D campaign is based on, and um, he used to play that back in high school, right? And uh, now now he's left Blizzard. He's now going to have a Kickstarter and make a million dollars. I'm sure.
2: Mm. Right. So it, so obviously their DM was very much into Rule of Cool. Uh, if I That sounds like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: what I'm getting. Um, yeah. So the the actual realm, the land, is called mm-hmm. a lore brand. Okay, which is kind of like uh, a number of trade cities, and they're like uh, they're quite industrialised cities. Mm-hmm. So you've got all the classic D and D people, okay, like the elves and the dwarves and stuff, living in these really densely populated sort of semi industrialised cities for what it looks like. So there's a lot of social pressure and there's a lot of music and uh, self-expression and a lot of sort of really high-power stuff going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: It is looking interesting. The art is amazing, but I'm not mm-hmm. surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this uh, gorgeous city piece, actually, here. Yeah, well, April the 20th is when that Kickstarter launches. April 20th. And it's going to be massive, I'm telling you now. It's going to be massive.
0: Certainly enjoying a lot of brand name recognition. Hard to argue now. Okay,
1: hey, hey so roll twenty. Yes. You can beta test their mobile companion app. Oh. So this is a smartphone app that links mm. in with Roll Twenty and it manages your character sheet and makes dice rolls.
0: No, oh, handy. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: At the moment, it's only for Five E. Yes. No other system, but oh, I okay. assume that it will be expanded at some point. And it's yeah. still in development, and uh, only pro users can um can beta test it. Okay. So, unfortunately, we can't beta test it in our uh, Thursday night Pathfinder game, because it's 5e only. But yes. that does look, it does look quite slick and quite cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's a squat. good
2: idea. I'm glad, I'm glad they're doing it. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah.
1: Because I tend to find, even though I've got three monitors here in front of me, mm-hmm. I still tend to find I run out of screen space when using Roll20. I'll put my character sheet on one, and I'll mm-hmm. have Zoom on another, and I'll have something else on another. And having, just mm-hmm. having like my character sheet on a, on a little app might be, might
0: be quite okay. useful. Um, certainly got some potential uh, especially like if people were to move to an in-person game and actually having access to a character sheet that they've developed on the app would be pretty good so yeah mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of potential and technology I feel in role-playing games and we've really seen a lot of development over the past year and mm. so for obvious reasons
2: yeah
1: mm. <sighs> hey you know what Peter what I think you should go to hell oh charming because <laughs> I've got this nice chap called Dante who would be quite happy to take you on a on a tour, you see.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought that was Virgil's job, but fair enough. Um, um, Inferno. So um a Italian company
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, has launched a role-playing game setting on Kickstarter mm-hmm. called Inferno, Dante's Guide to Hell.
0: Ooh. Nice. Yeah, so yeah. Look, you
1: you play lost ones. So you're right. like mortals who um, have ended up in hell for whatever sins you committed in life, mm-hmm. and uh, your your goal is basically to make your way out before losing all hope of freedom.
0: Okay, um, okay. I suppose. Like yeah okay that that's a thing all right yeah go that's fine
1: <laughs> so, yeah so um, your your characters are defined by the sins and virtues of your mortal life uh-huh. and your appearance and nature are also shaped by them right so you can choose from twelve different archetypes oh and this is for D and D fifth edition so these are D and D archetypes okay yeah and they have level progression paths going right up to level twenty with different traits and powers directly inspired by sort of Dante's work.
2: That, that's I, I, deep... I, I'm intrigued. That, <laughs> There's hmm. some deep
0: cuts there. I, hmm. I I have to think about exactly how I feel about it. This is a very interesting thing, mixing and matching Dante's Inferno and 5th edition d d because it's not, <laughs> it's not the most obvious implementation that springs to mind, I can't say, I can't say.
1: I mean, 5e's sort of, well, D&D's planar system has always included hell, hasn't it? Oh. So it's not oh,
0: yeah, that yeah, much of a job. No, normally, you visit hell with the intention of coming back here, you're all being sent to hell, presumably. Starting
1: in hell and trying to, yeah, and yeah. Try to
0: escape. Uh, it's like, I don't know, it's like, not normally there's like more of an explicitly good campaign going on, so... But alright. So, yeah, yeah.
1: you kind of think that you're in there mistakenly for some reason and that's why you're trying to escape but they do actually say you're there because of your sins so technically you're supposed to be there I guess I don't know
0: it's it's intriguing uh, certainly not the light-hearted fair that I would hope for um, but <laughs> I don't know um, I don't uh, think anything with <laughs> hell in it is light-hearted fair he's well, mm. been playing different games eh? um, what, what is the name of the D&D supplement where they're going to help oh Avernus. Descent, uh, into uh, descent into a yes. Baldur's yes. Gate defen- descent well, when into a well. light-hearted take. Thank you. Which has the as I say, it's got um, like vampiric chicken boot monsters and a sort of <laughs> a massive I don't know orc battle wagon Batmobile cross hybrid which you're supposed to drive around in. So when I say light-hearted, I think I think I do have something uh, to say there. Whereas, but you're but basically you're going into hell because you're just visiting. Uh, and not mm. because presumably you deserve to be there, but I mean, wow, there's a lot to unpack. I I don't think we have time in the podcast. I, I'll be intrigued to see what they bring out and like, find out more about this. This is.
1: Well, the Kickstarter is currently live, so you can well go and check out. it out. Right. But you can even back it if you want. It, could, it feels yes.
2: like, it feels like somebody just got really sick and tired of their party being murder hobos. And they're like, you know what? This is, this is what you deserve. You deserve <laughs> this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that okay. is probably it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's
1: face it. Most D and D characters, no matter what their character sheet says for their alignment, <laughs> aren't really good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I did, I, did, I did point out to my group today that they were wearing um, rings with the eyeballs of literal devils twitching away in them. Uh, that all of their best swords had, in fact, been stolen from a mirelliff. So, so maybe people's reticence to deal with them may have something appearance-based in relation to it. Who can say? Maybe people's what? People's reticence. Reticence? To with. Reticence. Reticence, reticence, Peter. Reticence. reticence. Oh, thank you. <laughs> there you go. I'm afraid of only... Reticence. <laughs> mm, that word. Uh, I've, I've only read the word, I'm afraid. Not really talked about it. But anyway. Uh, well, yeah. now you've heard it. I have. I've probably forgotten mm. how to say it. So, let's move on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> DD
0: TV show. Yes? There's some news... Is an actual act- solid news about the d TV show? We don't have the trailer for the announcement for the teaser. You that's no, actual able- news? Interesting. That's a bold news. So,
1: so this is totally separate to the movie, the one with yes. um, Chris Pine and all those other people in it. Yeah. This is uh, this is the TV show being written by Derek Kolstad, who wrote John Wick mm-hmm. uh, the movies. Yeah, uh, and he did this interview with Collider, quite a long interview. So there's. Quite mm. a lot of information in there, and he's okay. uh, in that, in, in that, he sort of gave up quite a few bits and pieces. So, first of all, it's going to be uh, six to ten serialized episodes, okay? Uh, it's going to have a heavy underdark element,
0: underdark, right? Underdark, yes, yeah, not underdog because, yeah, not underdog. Well, yeah. I'll right, that to you. might be underdogs in the dark, and uh, quite frankly, I'm prepared and ready to embrace that level of uh, um, yeah.
1: yeah. But he also says it's going to have a much smaller sliver of the world than sort of some of the epic fantasy stories you see, mm-hmm. like Lord of the Rings and stuff. Okay. So it's, it sounds like it's going to be a, more, a smaller, more, more, more personal kind of story rather than a great Ooh. big world-spanning epic. You travel across the entire world Interesting kind of show. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. He, he, says he, he, he talks a little bit about sort of like the meta story of D&D.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and he says he doesn't want to set it like right in the middle of like the D and D mythos. He wants to set mm. it at the end, so everything that you know of in D and D has already happened.
0: Okay, right, yeah.
1: And then with this TV show, you're going forwards,
0: ah, breaking new ground. Mm.
1: Yeah, basically, yeah,
0: mm. yeah. But yeah, he uh, he,
1: uh, he he compares it to First Blood, as in as in scope, not as in the the, the story he's telling. But you know, like how. The first Rambo film, First Club, is a really small story. Right, okay.
0: Literally literally just
1: in terms of scale he's talking here, not in terms of tone or anything else, just in terms of
0: scale. So the first Rambo film, which I've only seen parts of due to various timing issues, uh, there's a veteran of, I think, the Vietnam War who Mm -hmm. is having understandable mental problems. There's like some sort of issue with the local law enforcement, and he is busy Mm -hmm. outwitting them. Uh, so it's all basically confined, confined within the same town. Is that is that the sort of metaphor he, the analogy he's trying to? Yeah, it's
1: kind of like confined in the same mm. town. It's just the story of one person just kind of trying to get by, rather mm. than mm. travelling across the world and saving the world or anything, or or fighting terrorists or anything like that. He's just trying to. Just trying to survive, isn't he?
0: Like, I don't know whether it's just because it's alliterative or euphonious to my ears, but like d and Deadwood springs to mind, and I'm suddenly thinking, oh, yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. That, that excites like, I, me, I, I, I would watch the hell out of that. I mean, that's maybe yeah. not what he's offering, but that's what springs to mind. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, I think, you know, he's, he's saying he wants to keep the story intimate. Yes. Six to ten episodes. Yeah, okay. Sat in the underdark, possibly, it sounds like. It could be fun. Yeah.
0: No, that that sounds like it's managing expectations and keeping things achievable. Yeah. Uh, because like not everything needs to be game thrown. So yeah, sort of um like a like a low scale fantasy would be quite quite nice. Yeah. Where but the, I guess that also means you don't have to spend tons of special
1: effects money on dragons and beholders mm. and tons of really, really epic scale monsters as well. That helps.
0: Well, you know, for every ship in the bottle episode you could always splurge, couldn't you? <laughs> oh, holder, say hi, I'm so You may have seen me in such things as my guide to everything, <laughs>
2: mm, <nice. laughs>
1: I don't think that Xenathar actually wrote that guy to everything. Quite frankly, yeah. I have my doubts.
2: What excites me about Derek had direct uh, Derek Colson, is that he handles <clears throat> law really well. Like, like mm. the John Wick has so much yes. law throughout yeah. the whole thing mm. that oh. I totally because when somebody says, "Oh, it's at the end of all these you know, eth- years, eras. That's the word I was looking for. Um, be kind of suspicious, but he would uh-huh. be able to handle it and pull it off. And so I'm he him- actually, I've
1: just- talked a little bit, a bit about that in in the interview. Uh-huh. And he talks a little bit about how you know, like in the first Star Wars film, they mention people like Jabba the Heart, uh-huh. but you don't actually see him unless uh-huh. you're watching that extended edition with the weird CGI insertion. But originally, uh-huh. you don't you don't see him so it's yeah. just kind of world building that's kind mm. of done off camera yes and he does quite a lot of that i think doesn't he so he'll, yeah. people will refer to things that you don't necessarily see but it yes. gives you the illusion of a much bigger world without having to actually show it to you
0: yes uh, elusive storytelling by alluding to things uh you let the reader or watch his mind create something in its place and that is mm. obviously going to be more satisfying to people Uh, Excellent example, of course, includes strong carpenters, the thing where, due to the limitations of special effects, just refused to show the monster, and that ended up being a much scarier <laughs> movie, because you're like, oh, it's so horrible, and your mind fills something in with whatever scares most. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Well,
1: that's yeah. class- the classic thing with ghost um, mm. ghost films and ghost-, ghost stories, isn't it? The less you yeah. see, the more scarier it is.
0: Well, certainly it sounds like this, uh, the David Coles Well, uh, I do remember John Wick having quite a lot of illusion, as in the characters just accept but whatever they're doing is perfectly normal and they don't yeah. see a particular reason to explain it to you. They're just like, this is a thing we're doing like we do every day. And meanwhile, the rest of the, the city folk what on earth are they doing? What's with the gold coin? What? 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 Um, I, I personally love that because that sparks my imagination and yep. that is, yeah, a lot of fun for me. Very. Anyway.
1: Yeah. So, Wizard of the Coast yeah. and D&D are having uh, uh, another of their regular mild controversy issues again
0: (laughs) oh no what is it this time
1: (laughs) it seems quite constant these days isn't it it's like something every couple of weeks yes Um, goodness so this one is uh, one of the authors
0: yeah it's candlekeep mysteries isn't it yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, did you want to talk about it? Then you've heard about this, so I don't have to keep talking, and everyone has to keep listening
2: to my voice.
0: Uh, well, uh, I, I mean, uh, have you have you heard of it, Lachlan? As well,
2: yeah, about the editing controversy, controversies. Mm, <laughs> that yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, one of the authors
0: uh, wrote seven thousand four hundred words for the Candlekeep mysteries, which is yeah. So this is this was weird. Graham Barber, yeah, known
1: yeah. as uh, Panzer Lion and yes. uh, POC Gamer Online.
0: Yes, yes, and uh, so you know, seven thousand four hundred words. That's like. Sarc- fairly decent chunk of text, and they talked about it, and they were very excited, and then it was reduced to, what, 5,800? Basically, it had 1,300 words cut out of it, which is – that's a lot. That is a lot of words. That's not really
1: the issue. I mean, that's that's kind of fine. I mean, when I edit stuff, I cut a lot of stuff and don't use a lot of material. Sometimes that that happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the uh, the thing he's more complaining about um, yeah. his adventure is the book of cylinders. By the way, in, in that book, yes. if, you, uh, if you if you have it, oh, oh, oh yes, um, so but, if, you,
0: but 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 if you cut out thirteen hundred words, you're you're inevitably going to lose some of your for speaking. I feel.
1: Yeah, I mean, his complaint is there was no he found out by surprise. Yes. After the book had been released, and uh, there was no kind of interaction or no, no communication about this. Yeah. And he was left in this unfortunate position where he was talking on interviews yes. and podcasts and things about like that. About an adventure he wrote. Which didn't actually resemble the adventure that was in the book. So, yeah, for
0: instance, he it, didn't it, describe any particular race of frog people as primitives or savages. And yet mm-hmm. both those descriptors are being applied to... Them in the book and the yeah, the plot yeah. is not the same, so and that seems that's like that's
1: not quite that's that's not quite true. Um, okay. I don't think they used the word savages. Uh, primitive ref- oh, primitive uh, referred sorry. to referred to the housing, the houses, the huts uh, that they built, not not the people. Not that that makes it a lot better, but um, I'm okay. just saying. I, I, that's I, I'm the just going the
0: author's in. complaints because that's what I, I haven't actually had a chance to read Candlekeep Mysteries. Yeah, but that is the author's complaint, and it's like it's not a very nice word to. to uh, like the author feels quite strongly about it so again it's the sort of thing that you say well you know could you cut some of your word count down maybe and it just it's a it's a lot of words to take out of a piece uh, especially and with the meaning changed as well like if the words have been taken out and it's like uh, you expect your author to sign off on something with as large as that I feel I don't know Russ, you're, you're, you're more of a publisher than I am
1: uh-huh. Um, generally speaking no you don't need the author's permission to you do something you, like you that you, you, bought, you bought the book but oh. I would say it would be courteous but I think um, in this particular case it's more important to oh. check in with the author because yeah. Wizards of the Coast have been making quite a thing about recruiting a diverse group yeah. of people to write yes. this book for a specific yes. reason because they want diverse voices in the book the thing was about the voices of these diverse people so therefore right. when you're altering so if it was just a standard you know adventure written by someone like me just some middle-aged white guy yeah. you know uh, uh, as, as a run-of-the-mill it wouldn't matter so much but because yeah. they're, they're recruiting these people in order to accomplish that specific goal, yes then changing what they said Hmm. to reflect a different outlook on diversity is not an okay thing to do.
0: Yeah, it it sounds like that makes sense. No, no, I'm following. I mean, so there's a number of issues to um, unpick. There's the, like, massive changing an author's work with no refrain to the author. And you might argue that falls into, well, you're a freelancer, just deal with it. But that ignores the discourtesy. And I feel courtesy is important. Um, there's the changing of the words, and again, well, wizards are patron, and they can do what they like. And if they want to change it from one story to another, that that is within their purview. Uh, uh,
2: well, of course,
1: legally, yeah, 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 yeah. Le- Le- one, legally, not, yeah. we're not talking about the law here, are we? we we're yeah. talking about
2: uh, uh, um, I <laughs> like, I'm like, ethically. Like, they, they just there was such that the big focus on making no race. Particularly evil or good, mm. and then and then from like one of the moving um, away from
0: calling them races as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And, and one of Barbara's yeah. complaint is literally that the U N T U and Ty and the like, yeah. never actually the UNT, UK, yeah, yeah, that yeah. that they've just been stripped down to an evil race who do evil things, and I think that's mm. that, that's another one of the big, big issues. Yeah, yeah, yes. and, and there
0: is the issue of like apparently this is and. Anti-Semitic trope describing people mm-hmm. in disguise as snake people. I'm like, wow, they, these Nazis are surprisingly imaginative. But holy, like, somebody needs to pay attention to this because this is like, wow, uh, yeah. So it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all very icky. And I mean, it's looking like a bit of a pattern, really, because Orion Black has to effectively sink their career with, you know, D and D. Like, they're not going to be employed by. Is the coast again after what they've said about them, right? Mm -hmm. Which I'm just going to go out of limb here and say you have to feel really strongly about it as a freelancer whose entire like professional reputation depends, yeah, upon not complaining loudly about your bosses. And then Mm -hmm. we've got this, and like, this isn't even the like we've talked about other stuff, so it's just oh dear me, it just seems like why are you hiring these people if you're not going to pay a blind bit of notice what they're saying, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's that's, 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 well, that's, that's, that's my, down my down position to. on it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna go out of your way to make sure that you're hiring a diverse selection of voices, you have to listen to those voices. Otherwise,
0: what are you doing?
2: Yeah, like why are you waiting? Otherwise, time? It's yeah. just a promotional strategy. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't yeah. know. Is it is it blackwashing? I don't know. How would you describe it? It's not greenwashing. Yeah, that's I, environmentally friendly. I think day, it also
1: but, it's probably important to say there's probably no deliberate malice involved in this at all it's mainly just kind of tone deafness I expect I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put anyone anyone sitting there with this Machiavellian plan or anything like that well, well
0: th- th- like that's good to a certain extent in like they're not actively trying to be awful but sort of in some ways makes it worse in that they know there is a problem they're taking steps to address the problem and then there are steps to address the problem are showing that they're not interested in changing if it was mm. like i was just like i i am just at lost of words at what yeah. they
2: were not thinking playing with advocate for a bit mm-hmm. um, it it i think though they are I really I see like, what you did there. That, was, you. Uh, yeah. that was smooth um, you know they are at the forefront of this conversation though about mm-hmm. how to handle real world issues in a in a mm-hmm. in a post um, especially with everything in America last year, because that's really what brought everything yeah. to the forefront. Yeah. And they are really they're they're the most public profile of of mm. fantasy dealing with this this magnitude of um diversity and representation. So, until those processes settle down and they they've got those processes nailed, I think we are going to see this for a little bit. Um, mm. but yeah, it is. It's
0: yeah. I, I mean, I okay. do understand what you're saying, but in a situation where small RPG people and like small in RPG thing can mean just one person are talking about well I need to hire not yeah. get the service off for free a cultural consultant to make sure I'm doing it right like Hasbro who owns Wizards of the Coast probably has the money to put a cultural consultant like to like have a flick through and say oh guys maybe maybe you should have a think about this sort of thing. Yeah you know? good point.
1: Well in their case they didn't even need a cultural consultant because the original writer of the adventure could have told them that well but they didn't communicate with
0: yeah yeah so it's like that it's just this it's just this lack of thought so that seems like a systemic problem that seems like a sort of a management problem Mm
2: -hmm. it seems like
0: there's some it's not like individual people it's just like just this persistent belief that actually we're not doing anything wrong and that to me Mm -hmm. is very rude because it's it's that sort of like you know just an acknowledged the the, the lack of acknowledgement that you might be doing something wrong is the sort of thing that's going to keep on leading them to keep on making mistakes. If you don't, Mm. if you don't learn from your past, right, then you can apologize. You can say, oh, I'm sorry, we messed up. We'll try and make it right. But they're just going to keep on making things worse. And they are the most public face of role playing. So I would prefer for my favorite hobby, not to be associated with the sort of people who think that sort of thing is okay to go on. And the yep. majority of people who are involved in the RPG industry are definitely not okay with it either. So, you know, I just sort it out, man.
2: <laughs> like, yeah,
0: yeah. Right. you know, yeah, try, try being, right. Try being better. How about that? Hello.
1: Anyway, anyway should we move on with the news? We so should move
0: on with the news, yes. Critical role. Yes.
1: They've announced a prequel novel. Mm. Okay. Featuring the twins. Vexalia and Vaxildon. They have apostrophes in the middle. I think I've said those correctly. Are you a critical
0: role fan, no. I have watched it. It was, Yeah. Do the name sound about right? Because we don't know. I don't. I don't watch oh, it. Oh yeah, well, yeah,
2: yeah. It sounds okay. Okay, to me. Um, hey, yeah. there's, people at home shouting, going, no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're, we're sorry. We 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 don't. Uh, very sorry, we'll talk, yes. We're very old. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Um, So it's a
1: a prequel story. So um, it's the backstory of those twin characters who were played on uh, Critical Role by Laura Bailey and Liam O'Brien. Oh, exciting. Uh, After leaving the unwelcome refuge of Syngorn, Mm -hmm. the twins become entangled in a web spun by the clasp. And for the first time, Vex and Vax find themselves... That really sounds like a brand of... Um,
0: shake, you know, Shaken Vac, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, right, Vex and Vax. Yeah, okay, so it's sort of off brand Shaken Vac you get from the pound yeah. shop. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Or v- Shaken and and Vax. V- find <laughs> themselves on
1: opposite sides of a conflict that threatens the home they have carried with each other for years.
0: It sounds like the sort of thing that if you're a big fan of Critical Role, this could be a very exciting book. I'm pleased <laughs> for these people. Like, this sounds like it's going to kick ass, so enjoy! Mm. Yeah. yeah. So there was a yeah. you, do you know the video game Warframe. Yes, I do actually. Mm. Okay. Um, I it's don't, but, it, it's a it's a free to play, it's a third person shooter with a lot of procedural generation. Um right. there is a story, um there's a leveling up system and you can upgrade things. It seems like a very effective time sync Uh science mm. fiction. Yes.
1: So a game designer called Spencer
0: Campbell. Yes
1: made a RPG, tabletop RPG, inspired by uh, Warframe. It was called Frame. Okay. It was um, put on Kickstarter. Right. And then the Kickstarter campaign was cancelled two hours later.
0: Oh. Wow. Okay.
1: Because the online Warframe community apparently found out about the Kickstarter and began harassing him.
0: Oh. Okay. Wow. And it lasted a couple of hours, and... Um, That's a lot of people, by the way. This is this is a very popular... I mean, like, it didn't have to... It can have, like, a lot of subscribers, because it is free to play. But mm-hmm. yeah, wow, okay. Why? Why would yeah. you be harassing? I need to know. Tell me more. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> um,
1: basic, basically, uh, the harassment range from personal messages to public Accusations of plagiarism, while tagging in um, the Warframe developer Digital Extremes. Right, okay. Oh. Uh, The attacks were on Twitter, Reddit, and other outlets, so in various places. Okay, wow. Okay. Uh, And it went on for about two hours, and Campbell said that I couldn't do three weeks of this because I was only two hours in and felt like dying. Mm. So he cancelled the Kickstarter yeah. and says, I have no intention of ever going near the Warframe community in the near future whatever again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Goodness. So
1: that does not sound like fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if only a tiny... I mean, we're talking about... A fair, like, computer games have a noticeably larger subscriber base than RPGs, so this yeah, could be... like a,
1: orders of magnitude, yeah. Yeah,
0: this could be like... I mean, even if only like one set there, we could be literally talking thousands of people. This mm. is, yeah, it's not a bad game. I, it's, not, it's not my a tea, but I could see that... Well, don't say
1: that. They're
0: going to harass you now. Okay, They're going to harass
1: me. We'll make sure to put your contact details in the show notes. Right. Okay, definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but if you think about it, like, pretty much the whole tabletop gaming industry... Yes. Is pretty much building on previous inspiration, whether it's Tolkien or oh, yeah. Jack
0: Vance or all of it is. Yeah, well, no, no. I mean, that's just how this is how culture works. You build on what yes. came before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what what he was doing was not something even vaguely unusual or out of the ordinary or unethical or anything. It's just what. It's just how it works. Yeah, like inspired by
0: things. And this is sort of mind blowing for me. I mean, are they upset because he was doing an RPG of their favorite game? Because most fans would be like absolutely stoked. Like the Warcraft yeah. RPG, I imagine did some numbers. Just because people were like, "Ah, oh, excellent! I can go from playing Warcraft to playing Warcraft at the tabletop." Yeah, yeah, I, yeah absolutely. I don't Why, I don't not? Why not? I don't yeah, yeah. So, uh, I,
1: uh, I, I, I've got no idea what goes through people's minds when they're harassing somebody. I no, can't. No. I can't explain that. With
0: not two a years. lot. It's not, explaining. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, know. I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, was he like? Was it an unlicensed thing? I would imagine Digital Extreme would have just been like. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: It's yeah. It is. It's completely inspired by. It. It's not.
0: Oh okay. So it's like adjacent to Warframe. The serial number's filed off. I mean, <clears> goodness. But yeah. Wow. Sorry, it's just such a wild thing to get angry about. I can't, I have difficulty understanding it. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Well,
1: I think we should plug Mike Myler's Kickstarter a little.
0: Oh, does Mike Myler have a Kickstarter? He has a
1: Kickstarter going right now.
0: Oh, is this the Epic 5e sort it of thing? It is. Yes. It is. Oh. It is. You see, that, that's how big it is, because even I've had it it, I haven't looked at it in great detail, but essentially it's for Epic level play in D&D.
1: Ooh, yeah, that nice.
0: was 21 yeah. to 30. Yeah, awesome. yeah it, it's, it's ambitious. ambitious. I'll give it that. That's pretty pretty good. Well,
1: there we go. So Legendary Adventures, Epic D&D 5E. It's a 128-page book. Ooh. Takes classes up to 30th level, and it has 50 epic-level monsters as well for them wow. to
2: fight. <laughs> that is ambitious, but my goodness, mm. so good.
1: He's doing well. He's doing well. He's uh, uh, coming up to $5,000 <laughs> with nearly an entire month to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. i so, uh, done nearly ten times his uh, original goal, so that's pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. So good on him. Oh well done Mike.
1: Yeah. Mike is of course also um one of the project managers on
0: Advanced First Edition. No, no
1: Advanced First Edition. He's mm. uh, he's managing the core rule book while well, Paul Hughes handles the bestiary. So yeah,
2: yeah. well I've just hit back. I've just oh. hit it. That's <laughs> Uh, Mike, awesome. Did
1: you hear that? Did you hear that, Mike? We just made a sale for you. Yep. You're welcome. You, uh, you, you, you owe me. You owe me a commission now, Mike. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I want 10 percent of your full your full funding total now. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I notice he's following the EM publishing model, and the book has been already been approved, and copies will begin shipping within two weeks. Of the funding period's end, mm. uh, which is pretty good. Like yeah, uh, this is. This this feels really more like a pre order thing rather than um a put your money in and we'll provide something at some point. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it sounds like a pretty much a finished book already. And yeah. I gotta say it looks quite nice. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, they've got some got some chunky boys in there.
1: Do you remember the Temple of Elemental Evil? Hmm. Uh, not personally. Well, I heard you went on holiday there last year, Peter, so Oh, no. What are you
0: trying to hide? That's what I want to know. Hey, man, that was Machu Picchu in Peru. It's not the same place. You go, you go to the
1: Temple of Elemental Evil on holiday. You come back, and now you're pretending never to have heard of it. Huh? Huh? huh?
0: What's going on? What have I? Uh, <laughs> but yes, yes. Okay, so Temple of Elemental Evil. Um, so it's
1: like one of the most famous dungeons in D&D. It I think there's been a version of it in every edition so far, except for this. Hmm. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if one came in the next few years. So that isn't the
0: news, that there is a Temple of the Elementor... That isn't is the news. So oh, right. the news
1: is, you know, Goodman Games does its classic Adventures Reincarnated series.
0: Yes.
1: So what they do is a great big hardcover, Yes. and that hardcover contains the original adventure, yeah. which might be for like first edition or something, yeah, yeah. and maybe a variant of it, and maybe something else. And then I think they, they put in a fifth edition, do they put a
0: fifth edition version as well? Often, yeah, they do. They do a conversion, yeah. Yes,
1: and a fifth edition conversion mm. as well. So you end up with a big hardcover with several versions of it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a coffee table reference book, historical document, yeah. and it's a new adventure for you to play now.
0: Yes. So you can go back and say, what, this is crazy. What do you mean they take 18 d6 damage on a failed save? Well put it this way. Oh, they totally seven hundred <laughs>
1: and fifty pages, this
0: book. Oh, 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 oh. Wow, okay. It weighs weighs more than eight pounds, apparently. Good grief. I've got pet. I've had pets which weigh less, less, less than <laughs> that. <laughs> I've had cats That's... which weigh less than eight pounds. <laughs> That's a, that's a big one. Uh, <laughs> don't want to drop that on your turn <laughs>
1: Crikey. Right, I think that might be it for the news, unless you can think of anything that I've missed. Oh, except that the yes. level up Warlord playtest went out this morning. Warlock playtest, Stephen, not Warlord. Oh, oh, fantastic. Goodness. So Good the on. Warlock playtest in about an hour ago, in fact. Yeah, yeah. I put it up shortly before we started recording. So I've got no idea whether anyone's actually seen it yet, but it's out there.
0: The level up series of rewriting the character classes includes adding in social and exploration acts so that all three players at play are mechanically supported. Um, Oh, that's awesome. And like, I've been pretty, pretty excited about the Warlock one because this has been promised as being very exciting.
2: Um, Mm. Okay. Oh, I love it. Are oh, you looking at the warlocks? Oh, we'll start start playing one. a warlock, so that's it. Yeah, it's good. This is always the
1: best bit of the podcast. We always get this bit where Peter looks at something and he's just going
2: mm-hmm. 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 Yes, for sure a couple of
1: minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that we don't keep those bits in. Sometimes, I <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what we should do. We should make a podcast just of those bits. Yeah, well, well take those totally bits alive. of every podcast and just <laughs> put them in one. What, what is From an hour so,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, one mm-hmm. well, of <laughs> the first things that springs out at me is Eldritch Blast is now part of the Warlock's class features, which many mm-hmm. people would argue it should always have been. And it now comes in an Eldritch Ray, a Scythe, and Spasm. So Eldritch Scythe. Yeah. A melee spell attack against a creature within your reach. Wow. Yes. So that is looking... The other thing is the
1: spell points. Spell
0: points? Yes. The so spell level. custom mechanic has changed. Ooh.
1: You don't have slots anymore, you have spell points.
0: Now that is interesting. Yeah, this is this is too exciting and too much detail for me to uh, look at right here, right now, unless you want me to spend... 10, no, I was, just, I was just it. saying
1: it and just mentioning it. We don't have to dive into it. hmm that sounds like too much hard work.
0: <laughs> Reading things <laughs> and then suddenly, like
1: that. I'm already ready because I had to do the, uh, the formatting to put it out there. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Yes. Anyway, that is, unless you can think of anything I've forgotten, that is the news.
0: We're done. I think we are all caught up. Yes. Exactly good times. It's
2: time to play our favourite game, it's time to play the game, our favourite game in all the world, guess the Kickstarter from just the name.
1: Right, so shall we play our favourite game in all the world, the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter, and you try and guess what it is from just
0: the name? As as you're a keen follower of the show and know the game, uh, would you like to go first or shall I?
2: Uh, I'll let you go first, so okay. you can get thousands of points, and then I can get thousands of points more than you. Thousand and one points more?
0: Oh, you have been listening to
2: the show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I know how the, the scoring works. I'm glad <laughs> <laughs> <Congrats, laughs> you own time. <laughs> 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 because if, if it's a full moon, then that's double points on any Ooh. additional odd questions. That's obviously, how I think. Obviously, I'm, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Well, well, you, must playing,
0: you must be playing the advanced style favourite game in order all the world, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. game where we've we got never chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro man, pro. Right, go on. All all right. Let's okay, chat. chat. Hit me. Are you ready? Yeah, how are you? What have we got? What is mm-hmm. Solemn Veil
1: TM? <laughs> you can probably ignore the TM.
0: Is, is a TM meant but to But they've gone out of their way to
1: put, put a TM in there, so I thought uh, <laughs> I'd do them the courtesy of reading it out.
0: No. They're, 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 they're just asserting their trademark, and we shouldn't oh. laugh at them. <laughs> Sorry. So. Okay, okay. Uh, Thorn is a game about ghosts. It's a game about paranormal investigators checking out Um, various haunted places. Um, and this is invest, or maybe you're actually playing ghosts. No, I like that better. You're playing ghosts, uh, uh, who are all trying to get from the afterlife. And it's sort of like, um, oh, what's that BBC series they did, which is basically Rent a Ghost? Well, they did a, they did a modern series now, which is basically Rent a Ghost, but slightly different. And it's that. So, like, you're all a bunch of ghosts from in the same house from different time periods and you're, Trying to find resolutions to your past pain to set yourself at rest.
1: Hmm.
0: Not bad. I'll give you 99 points for that, Peter. Is it out of a thousand? Out of a thousand. Hey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, you saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you all. <laughs> I think you were on the right track at first and then you talked yourself out of it and went off I in a different direction. So, uh, no. this is, is an original system. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a big book. It's a 320-page book. Mm-hmm. And it's a narrative mm-hmm. folk horror RPG oh. set in the 1970s England. Oh. So okay. it's inspired by Witchfinder General, Blood on Satan's Claw, The Wicker Man, Children right. of the Stones, all those
0: 70s folk horror kind of uh, TV shows and, um, and films. Wow. A narrative game with a 320-page rulebook.
1: Yes, yes. This sounds
0: yes. like quite the beast.
1: It does sound like quite the beast. Uh, so it's from uh, a company called uh, Dirty Vortex. Mm-hmm. It's doing quite well. It's, uh, it's done mm. £14,000 with a £5,000 wow. goal.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah.
1: That's about all I can tell you about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, like, I, I, I kind of summarised it. It's a narrative game. 1970s England, folk horror
0: and Supernatural it's a, it's a it's a it's a target market that knows what it likes and then came yeah. for it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's cool.
1: So $20 for a PDF. Mm-hmm. Or 35 for the
0: soft cover. Or 50 mm. for a hardcover. Mm. Uh, it's English right is it not made in England? Uh well it's priced in dollars. Yes. It's
1: set in England. Yes. Yeah, no, it's uh it's, it's in dollars. Uh Los Angeles,
0: California. There we go. Oh, okay. Does Los Angeles take on English folklore?
1: I guess. Unless it's somebody who moved there. I don't know.
0: It is entirely possible. I hear people do move countries.
1: Right. Are you ready for your turn? Mm. Go on, be honest.
0: Yeah. Woo. Okay. What is WISP?
2: WISP. WISP.
0: Single word. They're tricky. You got WISP. Yeah, Mm. single word is a hard.
2: Mm. Hmm. Ah, uh, something to do with Will-O-Wisps, I'm assuming. Maybe you, uh, maybe you play as maybe someone lost following a will o No, that's too obvious. Maybe you're, you're a, a Will-O-Wisp that has to guide someone through a, a bit of a, a marshland type thing. That's the whole game. And I'd say it, it sounds like an original system. Let's go an original system. That's my guy. It's a Will-O-Wisp. He plays a Will-O-Wisp, guiding someone, and it's an original system. Not
1: bad. So, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a two-player RPG. Nice.
2: It is an original okay.
1: system, as you said. One player plays a Will-O-Wisp. Mm-hmm. The other okay. player is a lost mortal.
2: Lost mortal. Hmm. Okay. I like <laughs> those two words in the... In <laughs> and it's uh Yeah,
1: it's a two-player RPG. It's got cards... So, it's a mm-hmm. card based game. Also has oh. coins involved as well. Right. In some manner. Uh, yeah, not a bad guess at all. I'll give you a mm. 100 points cool. out, of, mm-hmm. out of 101 for that. That's not bad at all. Mm.
2: Uh, yeah. Nice. Sounds cool.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Right, Peter, you ready for your next one?
0: Yes. Hit me.
1: Okay. This one is. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm not going to do that one. I, I don't even know how to say it. Um, <laughs> let's go with this one. What's up? <laughs> basic basic rule. If you want, if you want, if you want your uh, Kickstarter mentioned in this game, try and make sure I can pronounce it. Okay. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> right. What is? Uh,
0: Cerebos, the Crystal City. Mm, Cerebos, like Cerebrus? Cerebrus? Um, it's, it's a different... C- How, you spell it? How are you spelling that word? Uh,
1: yeah, it starts off similarly. C-E-R-E-B-O-S.
0: Okay, Cerebos, the Crystal City. But it's not a bad spot. Um, I think this is a... Mm, the Crystal City. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, I think maybe the name Cerebrus is meant to evoke Cerebrus, which would indicate underground, which would also be backed up by the fact it's a crystal city. So I think this is giving us like a location, uh, potentially for play. It doesn't have a particular mythic resonance for me, but I would expect there to be background and details about uh, some sort of strange and weird crystalline uh Life forms in a city made entirely of crystal, uh, possibly set, like, in a giant geode in a massive surrounding environment, a bit like the Underdark, but maybe more of a cave system and less, like, inherently weird, but it's got the potential for phosphorescent mushrooms and, like, fungi and all sorts of jazz. Um, And I think this is a setting for 5th edition. How Mm. am I doing?
1: Hmm. I don't think you could have been much further away from it. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I also have some sympathy there.
0: Yes, yeah, okay.
1: Because yeah. I don't think I could possibly have got this in the title either. So This it sounds like it's a, going
0: to be awesome. Why is it? Tell me It's
1: a game about exploration and self actualization It's about crossing a oh. surreal desert by train, visiting improbable cities... And experiencing sublime understanding among uncommon vistas is about homesickness and lumpy beds and brand new stew and finding a coda for the broken
0: song in your heart. Hmm. Ambitious. I like it. Yes. Um... A lot. It's promising a lot. I might have some questions about where it can deliver, but I, I, I like I like its moxie. It's having a go at some big themes and some interesting ideas, and it's new. And you don't see a lot of that nowadays.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's an eighty-page game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's inspired by games apparently like Sunless Sea and yeah, stories okay. of fantastic cities like Invisible Cities and Kino's Journey, Kino's Journey, Infinity oh. Train family road trips prog rock album covers purgatory and midlife crisis
0: so it's hitting lots of themes of surrealism existential angst and fantastic possibly unknowable by their nature mysteries mm. is mm-hmm. what i think it's trying to evoke yeah not not what i'm taking away from serbos the crystal city got to be honest but uh, i'm mm. i'm yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand how the title relates, but maybe more. So, well, several sequential
1: is your destination. Uh, the games about
0: the journey, I think. The, uh, nice. It's the thing. Nice. Uh, yeah. So,
1: it's by a company called Penguin King Games, mm-hmm. and it's doing well. It's a Canadian uh, company, and they have gone past twenty thousand Canadian
0: dollars. And right. they've got two weeks left to go on this one. Solid. It sounds a bit like ultraviolet grasslands, which Mm. is, again, pretty similar in things, but has a slightly different take and is maybe more focused on a wagon train across a great sunlit sunlit city. So, yeah.
2: Mm. So,
1: I'm going to have to give you minus 99 points for that, I'm afraid, Peter. Yeah, that seems fair. Right then. So, that gives you a total score of zero, I believe. Yes. Lachlan, you're on 101.
2: Mm -hmm. In order to win, all you have
1: to do is not score minus 101 points.
2: I will try my hardest. No promises. Because halfway through that, I I thought, wow, yeah. I mean, Peter's nailed
0: this. (laughs) That's that's half the game. If I was right for the time, it would be a very boring game. Okay. This one is called
1: Dungeon Dangers and Devices.
2: Uh, Dungeon Dangers and Devices. It's not
1: quite as easy as you think it is.
2: Okay. Oh, I, li- I like that. That was a nice little uh, <laughs> challenging statement right there. Nice. Uh, I actually so know what I'm this one to- is.
0: So, yeah. Good luck mate.
2: I I'm going to assume that it's a 5E supplement. But, well, I would have. Now I'm not sure of anything. <laughs> What's <laughs> a
1: lie? What's a lie?
2: Um, Sorry. <laughs> I'm assuming it's a... Uh, maybe a generator, a lot of roll tables uh, to generate your own dungeon, and maybe like steampunky. I'm, I'm getting a steampunk setting for this, and yeah, I'll go. I'll go five A. It's a five A supplement.
1: Mm.
2: Unfortunately, I
1: also have to give you minus ninety nine points because okay. it's not that at all, which gives so, you uh, wow. a final score of two to a Peter zero. So you have one, but what this is. So. Is a collection of stock art, black and white, mm-hmm. stock art for fantasy traps.
0: Yes, so if cool. you're a publisher, you can get licenses to all this to whack into your games.
1: And I know Maybe. you were never going to get that, because without, without, it doesn't say that in the title at all.
2: So. No. <laughs> Not even really close, no. to be fair. Yeah, you know what it is. It does kind of smack of it. <laughs> <laughs> but if
1: you are in need of fantasy trap artwork. Mm. Dungeon dangers and devices has you covered.
0: Yes. Cool. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's quite a clever idea. Um, yeah. I don't think we've ever seen the like before. In fact, no, I'm entirely sure, I've never seen the like.
1: I think they've been. I think I have. Put, uh, I haven't put them in the game before. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first one that I've stuck in the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So, so okay. play, you play, are so. the winner. You are this week's winner of our favorite game in all the world. You get to take home the metaphorical trophy, for smug sense of self-satisfaction.
2: Congratulations. Oh, all right, all right. Excellent. Excellent.
1: There's a space on the shelf that's behind you, actually. Where should I think? Yeah, it is.
2: It's right, next, it's right next to my literal <laughs> arrogance. So that'll be like, oh, <laughs> nice,
0: nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, keep, I keep my arrogance in a box, just in case. Mm, it's <laughs> safer <right>. that way. <laughs> yes. Say, so, hey, that's a nice-looking horse you have there, Benny.
2: Thanks, Bert. After poor Bessie died, I uh, needed a new steed. <laughs> She's a
1: very handsome beast. Look at that shiny black coat.
2: Yeah, beautiful, isn't she? I think I'm going to call her silver.
1: You're going to call her black horse silver?
2: Yep, for all the silver coins we'll earn together.
1: Ah, uh, um, Benny? Uh,
2: yes, Bert? Where did you uh, acquire this horse? I bought it down the market, of course. Where else? I uh, bought it from whom exactly? Oh, I didn't ask their name. Tall gentleman, deep voice.
1: Right. I I only
2: ask uh, because. But because what, Bert? Well, have you noticed the, the flaming hooves? It's funny you should mention that, Bert, because I have.
1: And that doesn't strike you
2: as unusual. Well, pretty flashy
1: if you ask me. What a bargain. But, you see, no problem at all with hooves that are
2: literally made of fire. Well, obviously I'll have to keep it off the carpet. (laughs) Okay, okay. What
1: about the, the, the glowing red eyes?
2: Well, I figured it could probably see well in the dark. A very useful trait in a horse, if you ask me. Fanny, I'm not entirely sure that's a horse. Not a horse. It has four legs, a tail, and hooves. Of course it's a horse. I think it's a nightmare, Benny. Well, oh, that's a bit rude. She might be a bit skittish at times, but, uh...
1: No, no, I mean, that Silver there,
2: she's not a horse. She's a nightmare. You're not making sense, Bert. Do you need to have a lie down?
1: Look, a nightmare is the demonic steed of a powerful evil overlord. A,
2: a powerful evil overlord?
1: Yeah, a demon, or a devil, or a death knight.
2: Well, I can see how they'd like their horse to come in black.
1: It's not a horse. It may look like a horse, but Silver there is an unholy fiend from the darkest depths of hell. Are you saying she's not well behaved? Not well behaved? She's evil incarnate! Behind those fiery eyes lie a malevolent intelligence. What you have there is a nightmare steed of a dark lord, the profane mount of his
2: abyssal master. Uh, Now I think you're exaggerating a, a wee bit there, but Silver there, she's a good horse. Look, who did you say you bought her from? Like I said, tall chap, big helm, deep voice. Was he wearing ancient Salamnic armour? Now you come to mention it, yeah, I think he was.
1: And was his armour blackened and scorched as though in a cataclysmic fire? Yeah, that's the chap, you know him. And his eyes, were they tiny pinpricks of flame in a skeletal head? You do know him. Benny, you have just bought a nightmare steed from the infamous death knight Lord Soth. No, I haven't, have I?
2: I'm afraid so. Though what this portends, I do not know. I know what it portends for me. I'm off down of to the market. What, to return the horse? No, no, there was a nice chap called Hades with an adorable dog for sale.
0: This podcast, Marky, is quite good fun. True.
1: We do get to talk to interesting people.
0: They are very interesting, and we've had all sorts. Big names, old and new. But how do we know who to talk to? Well, sometimes our patrons give us suggestions. What, so we try and get the people they want us to talk to on? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a pretty sweet deal.
1: Yeah, and obviously they get the fullest version of the podcast. The fullest? They do? Yeah, yeah, you know, all the funny stories and random jokes and digressions. Really? People are missing out on those? Well, they're not news, are they? Oh, come on, but that's one some of my favourite bits. How can you avoid missing out? Ah, uh, well, that's easy. Uh, so just become a perfectly proper podcast patron.
0: Perfectly proper podcast patron? What? How? Well,
1: you head along to patreon.com slash morris and
0: subscribe there. Oh, well, how much does that cost? $50 a month?
1: You'd think. I mean, it's certainly worth $50 a month, but not oh, yeah. uh, just a dollar
0: is it mate that's like 25 cents an episode yeah it's good isn't it ah. Morris m-o-r-r-u-s
1: m-o-r-r-u-s
0: cheers i'll check that out now we have reached a time where i must insist upon something what's that that we should talk about zoology. One, because it's got an excellent name.
1: Yeah, it does have a great name.
0: I, I mean, quite frankly, if it appeared in this game, I think I would probably have been able to guess what it was from just the name alone, which is pretty solid. That is exactly the sort of name that I do like for a Kickstarter. Mm. But yeah, and, and the stuff that you come up with looks absolutely fantastic. Cool. Thank huh. you.
2: Yeah. Well then,
1: Lachlan, what is it? What zoology. is zoology? I asked, like I haven't made the Kickstarter page.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. No. It came. It came about. Well, yeah. It's much better if I um. Yeah. Talk about it. Um. <laughs> it's. It, it came about because when we were playing Five mm-hmm. I wanted to play like a Newt Scamander type character who saved creatures and, and plucked creatures and. Newt Scamander
1: being the guy from
2: the Harry Potter. Fantastic. Thing. Yep, a fantastic beast, yeah. yeah. And I realized that I can't you can't actually play that sort of character. Um I mean there's there's there are the the homebrew rules and you, you can you can to a point tame a creature, but it doesn't feel like you've earned it, mm-hmm. if if that makes sense. It doesn't feel like you've earned it. And I realized that as I delved into other systems and I looked around, there wasn't really a system that was really about that the managing of of training them or, or taming them and and really having that system that once you've earned the trust of that creature, that creature feels safe with you and that if you put it in danger, then it's going to sort of turn against you. And so, I, I, I it started off as a 5e supplement and I quickly ran, I'm, I'm just going to need to write some rules for this. Right, yeah. Uh, and the other thing was that as a DM, a lot of the time- I spend 45 minutes of my one shots doing character Mm. and trying to Mm. teach rules through, through that. And so I thought, well, if there's a nice highlightable character sheet, so is there a way to do a highlightable character sheet? And so one of the core, core features of Incredizoology is a, like a character guidebook that is fully highlightable and with a skill tree, there's like a double page skill tree. And, instead of leveling up in this game you learn up so mm. downtime is uh, spent on rolling learning dice and trying to get a threshold in which to learn that skill so yeah. everything is in, it comes around that that central core mechanic mm. um, there's uh, a, a clock that progresses and as a team you have to really um, time it time becomes a resource in this. Mm. And so, when, if you want to spend three hours learning a skill, then the rest of the party sort of have to be like, yeah, well, okay, well, I can do, spend three hours healing or I can spend three hours. So, so rather than just having time to sort of manage what's on your character sheet, this, this is actually, you have to negotiate that time with your party. Yeah. So, that's, that's sort of the core, the core thing of it is that there's, there's time, there's a clicking, a t- clicking, clicking clock. Um, a, yeah, a ticking clock that's behind mm-hmm. this whole thing because creatures don't stay in the one place either. Ooh. There's rules for how they move around and- Do, do and creatures you... not stay in the one place, Hudson? <laughs> 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 well, um, so that's- that. The, look, Incredible zoology in a nutshell takes place in, in our world. It's set, set in our world, but in uh, Euclidean anomalies, which are- mm. Locally known as wilds, mm-hmm. which are mm-hmm. time, you know, sp- pocket dimensions that have they've sprung up all around the world. Right. They've uh, been there for ages. And the creatures, this is why we don't have mythical creatures anymore. We only get very small sightings of them is because they exist in these pockets. Right,
1: right. So, when you talk about creatures in this, you are talking about mythical creatures. You're talking about sort of fantastic creatures. Um, I notice you've got a, a sort of creature design system in there as well.
2: Yeah. So there's about uh, there's about thirty pages in the book dedicated to creating your own uh, creatures. Yeah. That essentially I went through. I taught myself so much about bio. I I I spoke to so many zoologists. Um, and went through. And so there is. It's broken into the different phylums and the different orders and the different classes, Mm -hmm. so that all of those features you can just mesh together. And there's no one class. Mm-hmm. It's The skill tree is open to everyone. So, you can be a hunter with a lot of trainer or you could be a vet that's also a, an incredible zoologist. And the incredible zoologist has a, a skill built in that when you encounter a creature, they are actually rolling and making that creature as they're encountering it and trying to counter what's going on with it. So, it's this dynamic um, conversation with the with the expedition leader is what is is is. You know my fancy name for the game master. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, it's it's a lot. It, it is as a teacher, there is a there's a big part of me that mm. loves gamifying learning, and I wanted something where the only option, you know, you didn't just feel like you had to kill it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could study it, or you could. So does this paint?
1: have an awful lot of educational material in it as well? Then,
2: right? Like, uh, it's you, you very. Mean- it's it's. it's, it's Very well hidden. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because they they, they um, are
2: mythical and fantastic
0: monsters. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of real world, like one of the the phylums are all real world, except for uh, the Peculiari. And that's Mm. where I've taken and broken down mythical creatures into smaller parts so you can design them together. So it's all just kind
1: of using real world terminology to describe... Yeah. Basically fantastical. And is it, is it actually magical things or are they just unusual things? So
2: they Yes, no, there there's magic. There's there's magic in it. Um and they can be magical. They can have the, the different features of each creature uh becomes their their attacks. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's it's it it's it's very, very kind of weird. I've tried to go as in depth as possible, yeah. but also as yeah. light as possible. So sure. it's It appears
0: to be like um you upgrade your dice rather than a skill per se. And I, I'm i just having a quick look at the quick start adventure, which is yeah. available from your website, incredizoology.com. And mm-hmm. one of the things that's springing out from there is the initiative system, which I thought was uh, very interesting. Ooh.
2: Yeah. Oh, so the initiative system is uh, played with, with cards so every mm. every player has a set of 10 cards mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that has sort of the umbrella action on it and when they encounter a creature or another player it, it the time slows into moments mm. and every every player around the table has ten, 10 seconds to decide what they're going to do mm. and then they throw that card down and then there's a hierarchy of how to resolve that those actions um, and the first time we ever play test it the, the card system. Um, and I, this story is, is just, it's literally the first time we ever used it. Mm -hmm. They threw it all down. There was a bit of tension in the, in the room where they were talking to the guy who was giving them their their mission. They hadn't even gone into the wild yet. They hadn't even encountered a mythical creature. Mm -hmm. They just didn't like this guy. (laughs) Uh, and so two, two people pulled the guns on each other. Uh, and when we resolved it, it ended up that one of the other players stood in between them to try and calm them down. And yeah. th- they, they took a lot of damage on the first, the first 10 seconds of the game. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it, 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 allows for that cinematic. Mm. You, oh, you've stepped in the middle of there or, mm. and because, yeah. So it moments it, it, of confusion sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. And it, and it's sort of also because you don't know what, the person next to you is actually, because uh, in the rule book, I say, look, don't talk about it because mm-hmm. in real life, you wouldn't be talking about this, mm. it is that you need to sort of be on the same page. And mm. uh, there's a lot of group checks in this. So, if you're trying to trap a creature, mm. you all have to put down trapping at the same time, mm-hmm. and roll a collective group check. So, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of discussion. Uh, and something I've taken away from the play test was that there's a lot of discussion about the tactic they're going to take with a certain creature before they get in there. Right. And then it's fun to mess with them.
1: Right. So the typical adventure, does that tend to be just the hunting and trapping of a single creature or oh, how so, much variety is uh, there in there?
2: There's, so the prep for an expedition leader is a, uh, a D20 roll table. Yeah. And there's, there's going to tons of stuff in the in the book where they in the quick start guide there's an example of it where it's broken into day and night because depending on when they're when they're adventuring it it, they're going to encounter different things some creatures are nocturnal Mm -hmm. or diurnal a term i've since learned Mm -hmm. Um, but what happens is as they as they're tracking a creature or they're, they're navigating through the wild every time they make a decision to go deeper into this d20 roll table so they start by rolling a d20 and if they get a 14 that's their starting location on this table and they can either go north or south but every time they progress clock progresses as well and the further they get away from their base camp the less likely they're going to make it back before something bad happens in the in the water yeah. um and so it's it's the actual adventure. I, I, I talk about it in terms of three parts that obviously you have the starting part where there's the hook there's the person who gives you the mission the typical stand fare the second thing is is your travel time mm-hmm. so that you know if they're on a train they can do some learning they can look at a map but then the wild is the is the is the base there and yeah. um the the, the d20 uh, roll table is is, is super mm. super handy there and super easy to prep mm. Mm. So
1: when is all this set? Because I'm looking at the graphics. Your graphics are definitely got a kind of vintage feel to them.
2: Yeah. Mm. So it's it's we've gone we've gone for a bit of a 1920s, yeah. um, like turn of the century type thing. The actual yeah. like the actual book is going to look. I know that's a not a it's not a visual medium, but I'm holding <laughs> up the. <laughs> the
1: it's book. Oh a, yeah. So it, it looks natural. worn. Yeah. 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 It looks like yeah. A,
2: so it's going to look like a a field guide. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And it, it, we went for a paper that you could write all over, and that was mm. this, so. It look, it will eventually look, uh, hopefully, like that field guide that you've taken with right, you. Right, mm. Yeah, yeah. That's been partially chewed. That one time, uh, yeah.
0: hyena got at
2: it, um, <laughs> That's actually part of. That's actually a tear. Is that I'll, I'll I will pre-chew some of some of your oh, book for oh, you. Oh, that's that's good. No one's yeah. actually taking me up on that yet. Oh, please. So, no. well, I, I? I'm totally up for perfect. that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So let's so let's talk about some of the monsters then. Some sort of more, more unusual. What's the, what's the most unusual things that we might run into?
2: So one of the one of the creatures that was created for the quick start adventure, which is set in central Queensland, mm-hmm. um, is the Elkin Wolf, oh. which was um a sort of a, a bat type creature with well Ooh. no, no, that's the that's the echo. That's the echo dog. I think we ended up calling it. Yeah. Um, but the elk and wolf is essentially a wolf that's uh, part elk as well. So quite yeah. a big scaven elk has antlers, but also a wolf. But also a wolf. Yes. And that was and that was all randomly like though that and the the echo dog yeah. was just randomly generated with the with the system. So you're going to find a lot of weird. There's, I... there's a lot- breaches here
0: I, I found some of the things uh, again just like being glancing through the adventure like the chestnut pegasi which been rescued from a <laughs> racing stable in britain and that like just it's like yes yes there should be chestnut pegasi yes we mm. we, we should have winged racing horses that that seems like a very yeah, that seems like a reasonable thing to have going on yeah
2: yeah we wanted to really create the fact that there is diversity in those hmm. um and you know there's there's of course there's going to be black unicorns mm.
0: yeah, like
2: the, there's there's going to be these different creatures and the and the like because we always talk about dragons as being different mm, yeah. with ge- in, in geography mm. um but the the horses uh that like we're having there's a setting uh that is mentioned in the in the core rule book where it's a yeah it's a it's a protection wildlife it's a wildlife protection reserve mm. so they just rescue horses mythical courses yeah um yeah. so it's part of what i'm really excited about is seeing the creatures that people are creating mm-hmm. um with the system and the justification that people come up with why why that creature is is in that wild wh- what does it do mm-hmm.
1: yeah so like what's its place in the ecosystem There, sort of thing
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: so That's- a typical adventure then can you just sort of maybe sort of very quickly uh, just walk us through what a typical adventure looks like, like from start to finish.
2: So uh, I'll talk about, I'll talk about the quick start guide yeah, because okay. I think that's yeah. a good frame of reference. Uh, so in that one, it starts with them at a, at a station, yeah. uh, a train station. They've, they've received a letter. Um, they saw a poster wanting farm hands, And uh, so they've, they've all turned up at the same time. That's, why they're here on this train station. Um, you would give them then maybe some time to introduce e- each other and and uh, have some time there to learn a skill maybe. Mm. Um, the quick start guide, oh, it's worth mentioning, the quick start guide is designed that you could read it from start to finish. Uh, we took a lot from the um, Jaws of the Lion, the way that they teach the game through the actual game mm. so it introduces mechanics as it goes yeah i like
1: i like you know, um, quick starts to do that yeah
2: and once that happens and they enter the wild and once they enter the wild you're resolving these encounters i get i guess the way i'm not really um saying a lot with my words because it's 3 a.m. here. Um, so <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> no, 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 I, no, I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm- <laughs> um, it's, I get the typical adventure really is about the unexpected mm. and that you can encounter a, like a chestnut pegasi mm. and that that's going to change the way you use your, your resources. Maybe you're going to use a trap on that, mm. but the thing you're actually going out, uh, there's, this, there's risk and reward really here. It's like, do we go deeper into the wild, but then we're, oh, it's going to be nocturnal and we know there's a dragon around uh, and that might push, like in the quick start guide, when you go into night, mm. you might encounter that dragon the next time. So, the adventure is really about exploration and the trade-off of how much do we actually push for the exploration and how much do we go back to our mm. base camp? And then it's, it's resolved with... Fulfilling the contract or fulfilling the the needs of the incredible Zoological Society, or so it, it. And also, there's a lot of paths here. I've included a, a like a code of a code of conduct that the players actually fill out as a team to go like This is who we are as a team. This is why we do what we do. And if your if your group wants to just be a group of ruthless hunters who go into the wilds to you know make a safari there, you can. But the idea. of oh, is- at Peter's face.
0: I, 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 I feel you're describing the exact bad guys from every children's movie I ever saw. Has a child. <laughs> <laughs> these, these, these are not the heroes of these, and Dug. small children should be foiling them with unlikely yes. schemes. I, sorry, yep. that, that's my take. On it, but please continue. No, but that's
2: that, that is actually the feeling that I'm I'm really going for here is mm-hmm. the fact you know, you can be the hunters, but the, the creature's not going to go easy on you mm. and. There's going to be people trying to, it's, it is a very brutal system. I will say that, that, mm. you know, every, if if you roll for an attack, that attack is going to hit. So mm. you actually have to think like in that moment, like, oh, I know this, I know they're going to shoot at me, so I better actually dodge out of the way or, or, mm. or hide. Mm. Um, so you're actually having to preempt a little bit what they're going to do. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I really wanted to capture that. If you want to play as bad guys, go for it. Mm-hmm. but the real joy here in this system is for those people who who want to tame it, earn mm-hmm. its trust. Because mm-hmm. um, when you tame a creature, it has a taming threshold. So, so same as when right. you learn, learn and level up, it has a taming threshold that you have to spend a couple of days and there's different levels of, of taming. So, it might be skittish around you at first, but then it actually, like, it'll nuzzle you occasionally for food. But if you look at it, it'll walk away and then mm-hmm. right up to it will let you at it and come when called
0: if you if you really love pets then this is an amazing game for you because you're going to make a lot of pets yes um include out of the most unlikely monsters that you can come up with i personally be looking forward to taming a land shark Uh, i called him bitey (laughs) yeah so <laughs> so, <laughs> so,
1: so, <laughs> so, so you said earlier that, um originally um your sort of inspiration for it was you, you you play games and you found that the games didn't really support that mode of play very well and originally you wanted to do it in 5e so that's is that kind of like you've always wanted to play this sort of uh, like in 5e it would be kind of like the beastmaster type of character i guess is, there, is yeah, that is that been I- your your thing?
2: Yeah, I I like, but I like the idea too of of morally that that maybe maybe I just don't want to kill that thing. Right. Maybe, mm. Like maybe I want to relocate it mm. because maybe mm. there's not really that 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 was really what. And the more I talked about it with other people, they were like, yeah, actually, why why isn't like why don't we have a system somewhere? Because it isn't for everyone. Like this is not a system for people who want to be great adventurers who go off. You know. No. Thwarting, thwarting the powers of evil. That's not what this is at all.
0: This isn't a game for people who want to like slay the dragon and rescue the princess. They're there to move the dragon away from populated areas so they can appreciate it when they go on safari. Has it soar majestically in the sky, far away from all these people?
2: Yeah, that's exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
0: and so it's.
1: I'm sure Smog sure would really have gone along with
2: that. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that, is, that is that is a big thing I've built into this system too, is that, you know, some creatures are going to be really hard to do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to be prepared. But again, but I don't part want of to. <laughs> yeah, <you're> I <going> <laughs> nah, well, we can't <laughs> We've got to <a> shoot. And, <laughs> and that is, that is I think, at the core, that is what, what this game is about, is is that idea of, you know, some fights are unwinnable, mm-hmm. that you are going to have to really kind of- Because that, this is the sort of thing that people who are dealing with animals on a daily basis, they, they deal with. Like, if their behaviour is out of control, <laughs> the big questions that have to be asked. And I- and I One thing, as a, as a teacher too, is that increasingly we are losing that, that connect to the power that animals actually have, how powerful mm-hmm. an animal can be, mm-hmm. and- so, that's why these creatures, like, if they hit you, there's good chance that they're going to knock you off your feet. And you're yeah, gonna be quite- yeah, no. yeah,
1: yeah. It's like, uh, I might have mentioned this one before, that, th- that story about that guy who went to live with bears. Mm. And everyone kept telling him, don't do that. Don't do that. It's It's really dangerous. And this guy was, no, it's fine. They love me. They treat me as part of the family. And everyone's going, don't do this. This is really, really stupid. And he goes up there every day, spends the day sitting in this bear's den with like the whole family of bears. And it's fine. This goes on for about a year. And everyone's going, this is going to end badly. This is going to end badly. And this guy's going up and he's spending every day with the bears. And then one of the, one day, one of them just decides to eat him. And that's it.
2: Yeah. yeah, we got... Yeah, I mean, look, and, and Steve Irwin. Like, Steve yeah. Irwin, That's- his entire life was spent, and it was, just, and everyone was like, yeah, the crocodile's eventually going to get yeah. you." but it wasn't the crocodile. Wow. It's- yeah, but,
0: but, 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 yeah, it's like... But what Steve Irwin had very much, and what I think is coming across for his children as well, is this amazing love of nature. Mm. Um. So even though it is extremely dangerous, and, I mean, these are just, like, crocodiles, which are really quite horrifically dangerous... We're looking for like yeah, you know ah well the, the thing about a cockatrice is you don't want to make eye contact with it because it will find it very threatening and it will also turn you into stone so try yeah. not to do that that sort of thing yeah uh, I, I I love it so um I think it's a, <laughs> I think this this promises to be a really really fun set of games because mm. um, I remember reading like loads of books Willard um, Hunt wrote a lot of books which have not aged well but they were all about two brothers, the hunt brothers going on adventures to get animals and take them to a zoo. And I feel there's a lot to be said for that sort of, like, finding interesting animals and, like, you know, just, like, appreciating them for being animals.
1: As opposed to just making mm-hmm.
0: them extinct,
1: which is <laughs> something that people yeah, seem just... to be quite good at doing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: And there's, there's plans there, like, really to build that, that idea and that theme. Like, that is mm. why we do not see these creatures in the, in the wild, mm. that a lot of mm. these... These wilds by 1920 have become protected areas that are, mm. you know, secreted away. There is there's um, already already plans for uh, probably same time next year to release a, a a source book with different wilds in it, and one of mm. the wilds that was inspired by one of the, the backers, mm. which was a medieval setting that actually suggested mm. that it's still everywhere, but they're also they're also in the wild, so yeah. they they're sort of more yeah. more common mm-hmm. which is really cool i really i love the um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: but i love the I love the uh, aesthetic that you've got going on. Uh, did you do the uh, graphic design yourself or are you working with somebody what's the
2: no the graphic design that's on there is all from creative market it's, it's all stock stock oh, really? at the moment but we're commissioning a couple of artists to to really, d- like, double down on that watercolour style. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're yeah, super stoked with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's doing really well. So, let's quickly talk through the Kickstarter itself thing. So, the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. it is really close to ending. So, just for anyone oh, yeah, listening, yeah, if you're interested in four this, days, four yeah, days. jump on it right now. It'll be three days before yeah. the time this goes out. So, you know, if you listen to this late, you might miss it. Unfortunately, but it ends on what Wednesday? Wednesday? Huh. Yeah. When, Wednesday, March thirty first.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah. What, what 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 do you get for your, for your hard earned money?
2: Huh. So there's a uh, a digital basic explorer digital explorer for 15 australian mm-hmm. um yeah. which uh, essentially you get the pdf and then my eternal thanks and your name mm-hmm. oh uh, that's i want to say that about the name thing because one of mm-hmm. the people who helped play test mm-hmm. actually said it'd be really cool and i'm going to show up and explain it that if mm-hmm. the all the backers names were actually like the the cursive writing 100. as a list of mm-hmm. Yeah, like oh, handwritten, gosh, and, nice, and that'll nice, be a feature nice. that goes through the entire book, like, to separate chapters, mm-hmm. is all the backers' mm-hmm. names, that's which good. I thought was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's but, nice. but, so, that's, the $15 is, is just the basic, the $20 Australian gets you all the digital, the PDF, the mm-hmm. PDF out of the cards, the PDF printout of the book, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so... Then it jumps to the uh, soft cover at seventy Australian, but that also mm-hmm. comes with all the digital. Like it's it's a drive that's yeah, yeah. huge, full of full of stuff, and mm-hmm. then a ninety dollar hard cover. Uh, but then there's an 150 Australian, which comes with, Oof. because the clock is such a big- The expedition crate. The crate, yes. That's a, that a solid name there, yeah. So, the, so, it comes with a, a, a pack of the moment cards that have got, mm-hmm. like, gold, nice gold edging mm-hmm. with nice. that yeah. theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it comes with the neoprene map with, with a place to, to all put down your nice uh, moment cards, but also the mm-hmm. clock is there. So, you mm-hmm. can track your pr- progression with the clock. Um, so yeah. And then plus all the digital and hardcover Hmm. stuff. So yeah, it's, um, look, it's got, for my first Kickstarter, it's, it's going exceptionally well. And I'm thrilled with the, how have you found
1: the experience overall? Was it a 30 day (laughs) one or was it a
2: shorter one? Uh, it was 23 days. I think Mm -hmm. it was, yeah, I started on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um. I look, I've loved the whole experience. Mm. I, I I mean my big my big thing was that I did a lot of research. So like yeah. this started in start of COVID mm-hmm. and I did a lot of research about mm. building community and making sure that I'm looking after the community. And I've loved it. And and to be mm. honest, I've never been part of an industry that is as supportive as the RPG creators community. Mm. Not mm. one person is nasty about it. And which it's very rare to say that about an industry. Oh, mm. I don't know. Yeah. I come from oh, theater, oh, so. Our
1: industry has its uh, has its toxic sites too. <laughs> I
2: mean, yes, oh, yes, well. yeah. I, I, I think that's yeah. but i I think yeah, if you're looking at this
0: if you're looking at this book, then I don't think you can help but have your a softer side than the part of you that says, oh, look at the cute... Ke- I want to <laughs> a dragon.
2: I want to cuddle a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, maybe that's just me, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, that's, that's, that's probably me. I'm, I'm a very optimistic person by nature. But, yeah, no, I, find, I found it just really cool and the, the amount of people who have given me tips and advice and feedback. I've loved it. I've loved the experience, and I've loved um, talking about it. And, yeah, it's going to... Yeah, it, it ships in October. book um, is yeah. Well, it's fully
1: funded, so um, if, you, if you're back, it, yeah. you're definitely going to get it. Uh, it was a low goal there, five hundred dollars. Did you have like a smaller, smaller aims yeah, for it, it, was, it when you first when you first set it up?
2: I genuinely, I just wanted to recoup some of the the costs yeah. of, of buying some of the artwork and, mm-hmm. and doing something that I that I I thought, look, I'll, I'll put it out there and and see what comes of it. But some people Mm. seem to be enjoying it, which is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Obviously you're based
0: in Australia. So for our Australian listeners, this is like, I I, I can't see how you would not want to back this. But in terms of things like international shipping, I noticed you said shipping is handled shipping, by verbal
2: Yeah, uh, Blurb. So uh, yeah, books Blurb, are- Sorry, my mouth, Yeah, printed by Blurb, um, mm-hmm. and Blurb has locations pretty well everywhere. So mm. shipping from them directly is super easy and super cost effective. Mm. Which mm. so which is why which is why it's it's probably a little bit more um, normally mm-hmm. than a normal. A uh, hardcover or softcover, but the I I just wanted to put the shipping all in the yeah. in the one, make it super easy yeah, yeah. for, for okay. backers.
0: So you got printer locations in United States, Netherlands, and Australia. Mm. Yep. Sweet ass. Yeah. So, all
1: right. Cool. So yeah. So that's expedition in Credit yes. zoology tabletop RPG on Kickstarter for another four days or three Ooh. days when this goes out. So get in there quickly. It's fully funded.
0: One day if this one day if you're listening on Monday. So. Get in there and support this Kickstarter because I personally am absolutely loving it. Absolutely loving it.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. I will say good luck with you Kickstarter. You don't like it. need it because you've already funded yeah, and you've funded sure. like 10 times over nearly what you needed. So uh, well done.
0: Yeah. Congratulations. Come back, thank you. come back next year when you got your expansion <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so ready when the, to go. I'd love it. When we got more yeah. than four days before the Kickstarter, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this is this
2: is I'll, I'll definitely take t- yeah, it. Yeah, squeeze it in
1: just in time though. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good that luck. Yeah,
2: awesome. uh, brilliant, brilliant but, um, stuff. All right, look, it's been wonderful. I, I've oh, to t- talk to two such heavyweights of the industry. <laughs> <was really amazing. laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's been fantastic. And, uh, yeah, now I am going to. Uh... He
1: says, uh, I'm going to call an ambulance for PJ
2: now
0: because he doesn't. Oh, oh that's <laughs> your favorite
2: way the industry. That's what I'm when I told my um, my friendly local game store, I was like, yeah, this is this is what I'm doing. And they're like, oh, really? That's So you've made it. And I was like, hey, cool.
0: Okay you, you have it's true you haven't arrived until you've been on Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. You true. heard it here first. Yeah. There we yeah. go.
1: If we say it it's true apparently I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris' unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com, or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Right, so shall we play our favourite game in all the world, the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter, and you try and guess what it is from just the name.
0: I'm so excited. I, I, I'm also pretty hyped for it. I do have to say, Russ, that yes. I really like the way that you've segued seamlessly into saying, shall we play our favourite game in all the world? And then you read out the title of the game in order to prevent me from making a terrible joke about playing dominoes or D&D. Or, <laughs> well, You, <laughs> I, that, I, I, I you made that. that same
1: joke for about 50
0: episodes in a row. <laughs>
1: I thought uh, I had to be retired. I,
0: I'd do it for another 50. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: had no shame. I mean, joke was
0: a strong word. <laughs> it, it, beca- it becomes humour through repetition. <laughs> now, that, that, only use work when, that, that only works when I do it. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Am I supposed to be making other people laugh? <laughs> oh, I see where I've gone wrong.